Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So I guess I had last episode's question again. Damn it. Uh, so we should be able to get this one out of the way fairly quickly. Um, do you think, what are the odds? Actual odds are optional if you would rather not actually give real odds. What are the odds that NHL players will be playing at the Olympics in November or February? This is November. It's all a blur, okay? <laughs> Time is a spiral, space is a curve. Uh, circle. Uh, 60-40. I'm going 60-40. I'm going to go a little more optimistic today and just say 42% chance they play because that's the answer to everything, 42. 42. And it's a better answer than anyone in the NHL or the NHLPA can give us. You know the NHL is just sitting there you know, licking their chops like, you know, I won't say it. I started watching Tiger King, so I'm not going to say it. Um, Why? I got bored. Anyway, you know the NHL is sitting there licking their chops, waiting for another team to have a COVID outbreak and and have that's to fun. delay their schedule. Yeah. Because that's going to make them go, yeah, we can still do the All-Star Game or the Olympics. We can't do both. And with the Olympic protocols for COVID, you know, guys. Yeah, sorry, and, sorry, kids. You know. Yeah, I think the the what is it? A three-week quarantine prior to returning, should you have a positive test while you're over there, is going to be probably the biggest fear. Yeah, and and I swear to God, sorry, Cassie, I swear to God, the NHL, you know, just pulled the whole parent trick to the, you know, to the NHLPA when they agreed, you know, we want to go to the Olympics. Okay, we'll see how it goes. So that's a yes. That's not a no. Exactly, exactly. They did the whole parental thing, you know. (laughs) We'll see how things go, you know, but right now, you know, you know. Well, I mean, I'm not promising anything. <laughs> the international political sphere might end up making that decision for them. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> so it doesn't really, it might not really matter in the end. So I say, if the NHL and the NHLPA, if it's left up to them, I'm gonna go with nice round number sixty-seven thirty-three. That they won't go. Uh, if we throw in the pol- the international political landscape, I would say big fat zero. They're not going. <laughs> big fat zero. They're not going, or big fat zero. They're going. Not. Not. They won't go. Because you kind of double neg- negated yourself there. A big fat zero. They're not going. So they are going. A hundred percent, they're not. <laughs> You're starting to well, sound like lawyers. <laughs> we have to deal with this enough watching this was, silly sport. That's why I stopped because I was getting into pedantic Patrick mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so we'll, I'll throw the number out and just say they are not going. How about that? Okay. 
So All zero. Right. Yeah. Zero, <laughs> they're not going. Oh, numbers, God, numbers are hard. God, I'm in entirely across the country because I know I'd be getting smacked right now. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Actually, I'm surprised. Hand, I wouldn't lay a hand on you. I'd just start throwing things at you. <laughs> I know. I actually, I'm, I'm rather surprised my wife hasn't come in here and smacked me just by, you know, on principle, you know, just for feminine osmosis. Oh, I know you're picking <laughs> on her. Smack, you know. <laughs> It's all right. Yeah. It's okay. It's a. Uh, it's one of those days where things come out of my mouth and it's all confused. It's. It's all right. It's me. I. I have these days. <laughs> so how about how about the uh, the whole Quebec thing that came up this week? Oh God! Is it that time of year again? Uh-huh. Oh wait, wait! I have the answer. Um... Somebody's running for re-election. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good night. Mm-hmm. Gary Bettman has to run for re-election? Probably, if we're being honest. You know. The Board of Governors and the Executive Committee does seem like they would be an episode of the Stonecutters from The Simpsons. Oh, dear. In God. robes. In the basement of a fancy hotel. Keeps the coyotes in Arizona. We do. I couldn't find the melody to that old song, so I just made one up. All um, right. There's 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 about as much. Oh God, no! I don't even have a good analogy right now. I'm just staring at a piece of sheet music that's just written by a madman. Um, <clears throat> so Flip it over, it'll make sense. <laughs> Uh, no, because that, oh, dear God. No, actually, it's worse. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and minimize that window before it breaks my brain. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing going to come of it. Nothing ever comes of it. No. It's grandstanding mm-hmm. for the sake of grandstanding. I mean, they just... they'd stop you know the only way a franchise is getting into Quebec is if they break is if they start an entirely brand new hockey league <laughs> if they if they inverse the NHL creation get a couple owners to break away from the NHL because they're tired of whatever the NHL is going to do next form their own league and then put a franchise in Quebec and then 30 years later when this league folds they'll get merged into the NHL and 15 years after that, they'll get relocated. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've heard this story before. <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Because yeah. despite everyone's best efforts, history does repeat and it does rhyme. There's a special effort. Spill crap all over my monitor. Um, you can tell what kind of mood I'm in today. <laughs> Easily distracted? Huh? What? Fear? Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I'm I'm attempting to play defense for the Kraken. Huh? What? Oh my god. So oh. from from you know, the very thing that I've said since gosh, game one. 
People Actually, are now starting game, to... <laughs> game negative one. You were saying it before game one. <laughs> Preseason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could make a whole lot of money if someone were brave enough to hire me. <laughs> well... Cassie, let me ask you this. Would you be able to fix their forecheck? Because that seems to be where all the problems are. Yeah, I noticed that after they lost, yeah. what, 7-3 to three or something? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if their forecheck was working, <laughs> all those turnovers at their own blue line wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Well, so you have to think like an NHL coach and realize... Defense doesn't exist? No, he thinks the problem is actually a symptom of the problem that's staring right in his face. Which might be an indicator that he doesn't think like an NHL coach would presuppose, therefore, that he isn't an NHL coach. Ouch. (laughs) Perhaps so. And and promised I wasn't going to do this. He did a fantastic job as an assistant coach in Toronto. Yes, absolutely. That that may be his ceiling, people, and it's okay. Yeah, and that's that's a problem in well, two problems in in hockey generally is one, people are not great problem solvers, generally speaking. And two, um, no one seems to recognize that individuals have a ceiling outside of players. You know? Everybody seems to think, oh, well, if you can coach in this league, then you can coach in the NHL. It's like, that's not necessarily true. Well, (laughs) maybe. You know, that's... I, you may I, not have the. I was gonna say you may not have the requisite skill set to do it properly, but you probably have the. Oh, I'm sorry, hockey IQ. Oh, managerial, um, managerial skills. Yeah, it. The, baseball has this right. The other old white guy league has it right. You call the person in charge of the playing lineup the manager and not a coach. Because that's what it is. Yeah, but see, what if, what, what if you have, like, a, a group on the ice, say, your defenders that actually need, you know, some special attention that might be referred to as coaching? Well, you do it like baseball, right? They have pitching coaches. They have batting coaches. They have fielding coaches. They have running coaches, for crying out loud, you know? And then you've got the guy who lords over it all, and he is known as Pat. Hockey man? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The um, manager. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the manager. And what does the manager do? Sets the lineup based on information given to him by whom? His His brother-in-law that he hired? No, no, again, Cassie, we're talking baseball, not hockey. (laughs) They do that, too, but not as badly. (laughs) Not in Florida these days. And then the manager makes decisions during the game based on how the game is playing out and information given to him by, again, everyone, his coaches. Uh, Wait, in hockey, can you actually make in-game adjustments? Because I don't think I've seen that in a long time. (laughs) 
You know, the funniest thing in the world is, is it's so hard to describe to people how few teams actually make in-game adjustments. Not many of them make in-game adjustments outside of switching, you know, people around on lines. That doesn't count. That's it just doesn't. moving the magnets well, on the board in, um, in Dubas's office. Plugging and playing and seeing if it's tossing spaghetti at the wall and seeing if it sticks. And I am not disagreeing with either of you on this fact. I'm saying that's what passes as changes. Uh, you know, what do they go in and change? Okay, start chipping the puck in. They're standing up at the blue line. Yeah, okay, well, that's, you know, the guys on the ice tend to do that more than anything. What they the coach is the the coach slash manager tends to be the one standing back there going keep keep playing our game keep playing our game don't get away from how many times do you hear that we got to stick to our game well yeah and that's great if you know what your game is <laughs> well and I, all, all games are like one of five different variations of the exact same thing right there's not that much different no, there isn't. What the and more interesting conversation is, what are the in-game adjustments that they could be making? For instance, instead of sending, I don't know, two four-checkers, maybe you only send one when you keep having all these turnovers at the defensive blue line because your forwards can't get back because they don't know what they're doing in the offensive zone. Well, and then you have to, like, I get this is hockey, so you have to clarify what a quote-unquote in-game adjustment is in terms of timing. Are we talking in-game adjustment as in the play is going and the coach is yelling things out and changing things up that way? Are we talking after a break in play when there's a a commercial break and they're trying to figure things out? Are we talking in the middle, you know, in the period intermission? Any and all of those? Because like they can be any and all of them. Most of them don't do any of it. Right. That's what I'm saying is most of them don't do Because, again, all you hear, we got to stick to our game. You know, if we keep if we stick to our game, you know, it'll start. So, you know, we'll we'll get the you know, we got to stick to our game. We'll get the not, bounces. Right. We're not we're just not getting the bounces right now. We need to stick to our game. OK, I'll go back to the Chris Dreger interview after the Kraken expansion draft where he said, you know, <laughs> We'll be fine, you know. We we got to play, you know. We're we're set up to play the game, you know, the way we're set up to play our type of game. And nobody followed up with the question: Is okay? What, what is, is your, your game? game? <laughs> you literally, you literally just got drafted here. Okay, what is your game? You don't even know who like half the players are, what they do, where they come. Nothing. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Treacher. Hi. Yeah. Um. How many? How many? Par how many sentences have you spoken to any of the coaching staff? How many have they spoken back to you? What is your game? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what no, does the PR like department do besides tell you the same four phrases over and over again before an interview? Uh, they take the requirements from the coach and give them to the player. So oh, what, is exactly yeah. the, what is it exactly you do around here? I take the requirements from the coaches, give them to the players. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't the coaches give them directly to the players? No, no. See, I'm the one that takes the requirements from the coaches and gives it. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Meanwhile, in uh, um, the lowest level of uh, uh, hockey for adults of a certain age, in the past two and a half games, uh, I played multiple positions. So 
I, I switch from a forward to a defender or a defender to forward wings to centers. I mean, that is physically possible instead of just, you know, moving guys up and down. And also we had the wherewithal within two shifts to completely change our uniforms from white jerseys to black jerseys. Cause the other team decided to wear gray. Anything is possible. If you get coaches out of the way. Oh my God. I'm yeah, I don't. I don't know that that's going to help though, because you would think that the defense for the Kraken would have been looking around, going, "Okay, the coaches aren't helping us. We have no idea what we're doing. So let's figure this out ourselves." And they apparently have it. <laughs> so you know, uh, the coaches are completely uh, out of the way with the defense at this point. <laughs> I'm. I'm willing to give the players a little bit of slack on this because the lack of familiarity between them all, you know, uh, you always hear these tales. Oh, you know, these guys know each other. You know, how many you, you had to have played with these guys at some point, you know, throughout your junior or something. Well, no, no not really, not necessarily. And yes, a lot of them play the same style of games growing up. You know, it all becomes, homogenized at a certain level right all of the all of the coaching and stuff be, and all the game plan becomes homogenized at a certain level probably you know like around the 14 15 year old level because that's the formula to make it to the nhl um as I, I hate to break it to you um 10 10 years old is it is it okay it, it is it's getting I was, worse i was trying to give you know i was trying to give a little benefit of the doubt of some places in the world that aren't Canada where it starts at three. Um, and meanwhile, Connor McDavid says, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Oh, we'll, we'll get to him in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to give credit to someone who may or may not be a listener to the show, but Jeff Merrick had a lovely interview with Steve Bellicat the other day. Oh God, that was awesome. Um, and Bellicat brings up, Jeff was asking a kind of coaching philosophy question. Um, <laughs> Jeff Merrick asking a philosophy question. Can you believe it? <laughs> anyway. If a coach fell in the forest and there were three GMs in mouth, would he still get hired? Um, yeah. <laughs> is there a barn near the forest? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going on a tangent. No, but Velikat brought up this point about his time and how he was coached while in Russia. And this was in the context of a conversation how Russia is the current goalie hotbed for the NHL, given, you know, the top players, Vasilevsky, the resurgence of uh, Bobrovsky, et cetera, et cetera. And he talked about how they were teaching, doing low-intensity reps of skating movements, Oh, just for the goalies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for the goalies before practice and how they may be doing four or five hours of worth of work, but it wasn't all high intensity. So they weren't wearing these athletes out and young kids that have gone through Russians national team program who they have when it comes to the Olympics that may or may not happen. The one thing they don't have to worry about is goaltending in theory. They have they have the players and they have any number of, of goalies who could step up and be the number one starter because they've developed a philosophy that seems to be generating 
solid players who have some longevity to them, unlike their center position where it's like the one guy they have, they're not doing anything specific to Taylor to create that person because they lucked out with that suit for years and years. Anyway, that brings me to a practice I watched last week where I saw some kids doing a lot of stuff and they were really scraping up, digging holes in the ice. And I sat back and wondered what good did that do you other than getting sweaty? And cause it didn't even look like the kids were having fun. And that kind of feels like an NHL practice to me right now, oh. or maybe so, the game for the Seattle Kraken. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take off my, my, um, former hockey player hat and I'm going to put on my ignorant woman hat. <clears throat> and I'm just going to to say that um, I honestly have no idea what the F that the defense is doing on the Kraken, that they're not pulling their asses out of their, you know, out of the whole thing and like making something up for themselves. Cause if I were playing on that team and I were a defender, I would be looking around going, listen, the coaches aren't helping us. We need to figure this out ourselves or else we're just going to suck all season. And I hate that. And so let's just figure it out ourselves. All right. Thank you. I'm done. <laughs> I know I, better. I know why they don't do it, but Oh, it just frustrates me. <laughs> I I'm uh, I was going to say, I was sensing a tad bit of frustration there. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> almost sounds like you're a bit of a fan. <clears throat> no, it's not that. It's it so much as I mean, I could be a fan. Uh, I I'm still in limbo about that at the moment because I'm on the wrong coast. But no, my problem is actually people just sitting around and waiting to be told what to do. <laughs> it just frustrates me because I'm like, you have the power to like figure it out for yourself. So figure it out for yourself. It's it's the whole I don't think for myself thing versus let's take some initiative and do something if no one else is helping us. You know, so, that's the thing that frustrates me. So Connor McDavid decided to shut up and take matters into his own hands. And then he does something ridiculous in a matter, you know, six days later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, 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 see how wonderful it can work out? Yeah. Like, who doesn't benefit from that? I mean, I mean, I get it. They're conditioned to, <laughs> quote unquote, brainwashed in their cult. Um, they're conditioned to, like, not do things on their own and to wait for the coach to, like, fix it for them because that's the coach's job and that's not their job. And, and that's just, you know, that's men's hockey for you. Women's hockey, we... we be looking around going yeah no this isn't right i hate losing and nobody's telling us what to do so we'll just figure it out on our own cassie <sighs> yeah my entire career is based upon the predication of i'm going to wait for somebody to tell me to do something because the last time i went out and did something by, of my own volition i got fired Hmm. And then apologize to you six months later because it turns out I was right. Mm-hmm. But that's another story for another day. Now, I, I am the, I will go through proper channels, but I will take initiative. I'll like ask 
innocent seeming questions to like see if I can start pushing people into thinking the way I want them to think so I can get to where I want to go. (laughs) That's brilliant. Ask the questions you already know the answers to. Exactly, that they've never thought of. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. No, that's actually a good question. I'll have to go and find out for you. You know, (laughs) that's what I do. It's like, I I don't, I'm not trying to be, and I'm never the assertive in your face, we should do it this way or else. I, I take a more sideways kind of approach and just, you know, start asking questions I already know the answers to that people aren't thinking about to get them thinking about it, to get them thinking maybe we should start doing it this way, which is the way I want to do it. <laughs> so I what I was kind of alluding to is uh, there's there is a leadership in players in the room, but there isn't a familiarity with players in the room yet. Right. Um, you know, I mean... Sure, a few of them have played on the same team together at certain points in time, but that decor is a black hole of people that have played together. Um, I don't. The minute the the minute uh, the minute the subterfuge starts happening with the defensive core, Mm -hmm. um, the minute people start getting traded. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I mean, and I and I recognize that the just because I want it that way doesn't mean that other people can do it that way, right? I I think if you're on a more mature team, or if this is year three of these guys together, I think it probably happens. No, I don't know. This is the NHL. I do. I do, uh, I do because. It's not that they're ignoring the coaches; is that they're they're saying, "Okay, good on you. Um, how about we go work with this coach and figure something out?" Because uh, I think there's I think there's a bit of a uh, I hate saying this phrase because it's been used for there's a there's a power dynamic here. Right, and I mean, and I recognize that that like, and there's also a level of emotional intelligence that is seriously lacking in hockey anyway. So you could do it if you were of a certain level of emotional intelligence, but most can't because most of the NHL isn't there. So um, there are ways around it. There are ways to work around it. There are ways to like... I mean, in my head, as I'm telling you, I'm like, oh, you could do that, you could do that, you could do that. <laughs> but in the end, what ends up happening is that um, nobody wants to get in trouble. No one's going to stick their neck out. No, one, Everyone's just going to sit back and it's like, well, this is our first year and it's the coach's show and we're just going to let the coach run the show. Well, they're, I'm sure they're trying to provide feedback, but there's no co- – I guess what I'm trying to get as is there's no unified front. Right. And I, and I think it's simply because there hasn't been time to develop a unified front, you know, in any other situation outside of hockey. Yes. There has been plenty of time to have a unified front, but being hockey, there isn't. I no, I disagree. I think we see instances of this quite often. But they're not, they're not, 
they're not visible to us. Right. Um, you know, I know for, uh, I was going to say, except for when a coach is fired. Well, or the players hold a closed door team meeting. That's because they're sick and tired of whatever feedback they're providing is not getting to the coaches and the coaches, you know, they don't believe that what the coaches are doing are in the best interest. And they also want to shake up some guys that are, you know, killing things because they're pissed at the coaches. So I, I, I think there are situations, you know, I think there are more situations than we know about where players have, gone and i'm not going to say usurp the coach but provided feedback to say hey you know we don't think this is working can we try some you know where there's been a little bit more cooperation i just don't think in this particular case that veteran leadership and cohesiveness in the unit is there because to support your point somewhat, Cassie, nobody wants, I mean, outside of, you know, maybe Giordano, but what's he going to say, right? You know, this isn't working for us, um, but I don't have any solutions because the rest of the guys, you know, we don't know what's going on. Right. Because they don't have that familiarity. And they've taken a group outside of Giordano, Giordano, Larson and Oletziak, Half these guys were in and out of the lineups. They play inconsistent amount of ice time. And that's just on the defense. Yeah. So they don't seem like the type that have the... Um, Job security, for lack of a better term. Okay, that's the best way to put it. I was going to say the mental fortitude to ask <laughs> the coach something. like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, guess I, should, I guess I should have prefaced this with... At heart, I'm a revolutionary, so maybe you should take what I have to say with a grain of salt. <laughs> Which I did, and you're not, and you're not wrong. Is that these oh. guys should be doing it? It's. I think what I'm, I'm just sort of saying is I don't think, and I think Pat, you brought up the the key point that I was kind of missing, is a lot of these guys, especially on the defensive core, are the ones that are, you know like you said, in and out of the lineup and the feedback they've gotten on their game has been inconsistent. They're the ones that, that tend to do what the coaches tell them to do mm-hmm. verbatim because that's, you know, they need that's to how they stay in the lineup. That's exactly. And, and only when you've got that level of job security, um, would you have the wherewithal to go to the coach and say, Hey, you know what? You know, I don't think this is working for our core. Like you're like almost like you're the big brother protecting the little brothers. You know, this Mm -hmm. guy needs a little bit more of this. You know, we need to be doing this and this. And I just don't think that's there Mm -hmm. because of, you know, the ping pong nature of a lot of the guys that are in the lineup. And, you know, the worst part of it is I was talking to, um, I was talking via Twitter DMs with a, with a, with a resident of a fellow resident hockey fan up here. And, you know, whatever this team is, we're stuck. We're stuck. Yep. Yeah, because the... <laughs> and you know this, Pat, having lived under Ron Francis, his ability to decide to make big changes is slim and none. 
not his ability, but his desire to make big changes. His desire, yeah. Yeah. So he can't trade his way out of this because then he's sacrificing the future assets, which they didn't collect enough of, to try and get out of this situation. And that means whatever their five-year plan for this team was via their draft picks gets screwed up. They can't fire the coach. They can't fire the coaching staff because what the hell kind of message are you sending the first year of your franchise? So enjoy the ride. This is where we're at, and this is where we're going to be until the end of the season when hopefully, you know, like Matty Beneers comes, you know, no. Maybe maybe they sign him, you know, maybe when Michigan season is done, they bring him in. But, you know, who knows where they're at by then. And I, I actually think the only thing that might happen is, is probably around February. If, you know, unless something miraculous happens and they're way the hell out of the playoffs, you might look at moving in Everly. You might look at moving... Um, a Jaden Schwartz, which is just a waste because they have a lineup. They have a, a a group of guys that can do the job. They're just not utilizing them in the yeah. best way that they can. Yeah. Yes. The and answers and some solutions. I'm not saying they're going to go on a 10 game winning streak if they do X, Y, and Z. But I think so much of the solution is like right in front of them and they just hover around the edges. Like you you were in jest by saying, oh, they're complaining about the forecheck. Well, the forecheck isn't the problem, but it's a symptom of their whole philosophy and what they're doing. And they're leaving a very inexperienced but you know capable blue line just hanging out to dry. And they look terrible because of it. Yeah, and that's, you know, and it's falling back on the goaltending, too, right, because of that. Yeah, I mean, I totally expect Grubauer to be out with an injury probably by mid-January at this rate, just being overworked. Which, you know, it it goes back to that old sort of, I forget, it may have been, it may have been Valakad, it may have been... Um, Kevin Woodley in talking to other goaltenders in the league who were struggling um, and it, they were struggling because they got used to playing on you know a specific system that allowed shots from a specific place and it just uh, the the same friend of mine I was talking to about Dave Haxtell is it's sort of like it looks like he's coaching an AA an AHL system which is why shots are coming in from places that are, you know, not. We'll we'll take away the, we'll take away all the giveaways and bad pinches and breakaways that the Abs had, but in the other games, shots are getting. Shots are coming from places that goaltenders are not expecting them to come from. They're leaving guys open in certain spots because they're playing such a chaotic system. And not to go all let's make this about Toronto here. But a lot of talk, I heard Valakat talk about Jack Campbell and how it took a while for him to develop because the game is played completely different at the ECH level than it is the AHL level yeah. than it is the NH. Like there is a career jump and I think personal development 
from whatever junior or amateur team that they're on into a professional team. But the game is so massively different. The AHL is just built on pure up and down north-south speed, but it's an inferior game. And playing goaltending that way versus what we see in the NHL, where it's all about getting set, making reads, and you can't do that when you're playing fire wagon hockey. Yeah. And you, 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 so you, hearing you that AHL, like coaching an AHL team analogy, I mean, that it just makes so much sense. I'm yeah. surprised I haven't heard that before. You, you, you need to be an athletic goalie in the AHL, almost a Dominic Hoshik, because, you know, it's chaos. Stuff can come from you just about anywhere. There's, there's some structure, but breakdowns are far more frequent. So, yeah. And, and it's okay if we talk about Toronto. I'm, I'm, you know, I think there's, I think, I think there's a market inefficiency, inefficiency in the number of podcasts that talk about the Maple Leafs. So <laughs> I think, I think if we talked a little bit more about them, we might be able to fill that gap. Can we just talk about William Nylander then? Uh, yeah, I think we can. Should have been a Kraken. Mm-hmm. Speaking of players that should have been a Kraken, uh, what what kind of ovation is um, former Kraken captain TJ Oshie getting tonight? God. <laughs> is, it, is it going to be vomit-inducing or just headache from all the eye-rolling? Um, here's the thing. <laughs> being born here and being from here, if someone born here bails to go play hockey in War Road, Minnesota, they're not from here. That's exactly whoa, whoa, what I keep thinking. Jake LeCision was born in Raleigh, North Carolina. He has to own that. Which is which is why they say oh, I hate that player born in Carolina. Now, where he grew up playing hockey, you know, and I'm going to take a dig at, at some of my Seattle, San Jose friends. They claim Austin Matthews because he was born in San Ramon. How long did he live there? Like a couple months. <laughs> Okay, I'll give T.J. Oshie some credit. He was here until like, you know, seven or eight years old, I think, somewhere in there. And then he discovered the same thing that all the rest of us had discovered when we were children. There was no hockey around here. Well, especially where he was at. Which is part of the problem overall with this game, but that's like another five yeah. episodes worth of content that which we don't we need to probably, go down. I was going to say, which we've probably already done five episodes on and there's still there's still at least a half dozen more Uh, they'll they'll probably give him uh, something you know a nod you know yeah Yeah. i mean it's it should be more for someone who like tyler johnson who grew up in the state and played in the junior hockey in the state (laughs) well kyler yamamoto was born yeah you know i mean kyler yamamoto and Derek ryan i think was born in spokane so Mm -hmm. but that's spokane that's spokompton that's six hours away i don't care about them um oh she's still got family in the area i know that um so they'll give him a nod and a wink I don't think they're going to do anything special. Um, 
you know, Dylan. There'll be yeah. recognition and having him wave from the bench. Yeah, uh, probably. Or I don't even think they'll do that. It'll be a TV timeout stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dylan Gambrell, I think, is from Bonnie Lake. All right, so, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Good on you for being born here. Hey, great. You know, but you bailed to go play in Warwood, Minnesota because, and I'm not blaming you one bit because that's where you went to play against good players in hockey. Well, I mean, well, you know, when he won the Stanley Cup, where did he take it? Not to Washington. Nope. <clears throat> Didn't see the state at all. It's like, yeah, no, he's not from Washington. Exactly. So what I'm hearing is the Washington broadcast will be um, infuriating. And it might get a reference or two from the Seattle broadcast. So thank you for clarifying Washington and Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) DC, DC and Seattle. No, I don't. Actually, I don't think the, the, um, I don't think the mid Atlantic is going to do much of anything, you know. Mm, they'll, because, they'll like mention it, and that'll be about it. You know, it's kind of a homecoming for T.J. Oshie tonight, you know, because well, he, he had, was born here. He and had that, to get back in the lineup for this game in his home state. Yeah. Well, but I can just picture Craig Lachlan doing that because he's Craig Lachlan. I, if he's got family in the crowd, that'll be about it. Yeah. Which I can't imagine he won't. You know, I I don't I don't remember how much of his immediate family still lives around here. I know he's got cousins. Um, they may send somebody up to the Olympic View Arena in Mount Lake Terrace, which is like twenty-ish miles north of Seattle, to catch B-roll of you know a jersey he wore when he played in the league before he moved to War Road, Minnesota. And I'm going to continue to say War Road, Minnesota until everyone <laughs> gets it through their brains that he's really from War Road, Minnesota. Yeah, he's from Minnesota. He's not. He was born here, but he's from Minnesota. Because that's where he took the Stanley Cup after he was done. Back to Minnesota. <sighs> yeah. Are the Oilers playing tonight? The the Islanders or the Oilers? The Oilers. No, no, no. The Islanders, even if the Islanders had a game, I'm not sure you could call it playing based on what I saw last night. Don't do that to me, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, they actually played a decent game. I'm just taking a cheap shot at them. I, I am... You know, one of the four chambers of my heart is reserved for the Islanders. And that chamber broke last night. I, yeah, you know, too many guys on the COVID protocol and Jordan mm-hmm. be sitting here putting up, still scoring on a crappy Kraken team and me going, my baby boy should be back in New York with his friend, Matt. <laughs> well, that, that's... That's the uh, long con that Francis is probably playing. Barzal. He's trade. He's no. He's going to trade Everly back to the Islanders. <laughs> For Barzal. 
He ain't getting Barzell out of there. Uh-uh. I know he's not. And not unless Barzell becomes a free agent. You think Lou's going to let that happen? No. Lou can't live forever. <laughs> Do you want to bet? <laughs> you are assuming that this isn't already the third iteration of Lou. <laughs> right? There's something definitely Babylonian there. (laughs) Is Lou more Dread Pirate Roberts, or is he more Ra's al Ghul? I'll hang up and listen. (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) But... You know, it's a little bit of what part of Babylonian did you not not grasp here? (laughs) A little bit of B. (laughs) Many of it. (laughs) Many parts of it. All I'm going to say is uh, Barcelona only has one more season under contract. Hashtag for now. You know he's... No. no. You're saying there is a uh, drawer somewhere that is uh, occupied, filled with something. Crap, Pat. You know how Lou works? It's probably already signed. He's just going to wait to, to announce it. On August 14th, for some unknown reason. Yeah, you know, uh, typical Lou, right? July 1st will come and go, and, you know, this free agent is still available. And, you know, I'm here, and he's got to deal with the Islanders. Well, why hasn't it been announced, you know, September 21st? Oh, yeah, we signed this guy back in July. You know, It's because he's going to be too busy correcting people whenever they call it the USB arena. (laughs) Uh, I saw some Rangers fans calling it the IBS arena. (laughs) You don't even need to change it to the IBS arena. You can just, you know, uncontrollable bowel syndrome. That's there you go. <laughs> it's not irritable. It's uncontrollable. Um, Sounds just like the fan base, and that's why I respect them. God, I, lo- I do love that fan base somewhat. I, um, I look forward to going to a game there, you know, in sometime in a fantasy world in the future. Um, having having worked on. <laughs> It's funny. Having worked on USB since 97, pretty much its inception and the inclusion of the Windows operating system, I was dying laughing last night. Because the old plug and pray jokes were coming up, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was. You tried three times for it to work. Yeah, I was making a a lot of esoteric jokes about stuff you would really need to be a. A, a driver developer or developer to understand because <laughs> it was just oh yeah I'm glad they bulk transferred all of their <laughs> <laughs> bulk transferred all of their fans to the new oh. arena via USB you know oh. yes I had ver- all versions of those same jokes in my head last night yeah. Yeah, I was trying hard not to run with them because I think there may have been four people I know that would have got it and, and two of them were driver developers with me. <laughs> and probably you and Flanagan. Or, actually, no one other guy too. Um, yeah. Um, unfortunately, the Oilers don't play tonight. Because, you know, Connor... <laughs> He just needs to shut up and move. God, that was awesome. (laughs) I told everyone, I had no problem with what Tortorella said. That's what he gets paid to provide an opinion for. He didn't denigrate. He just said 
In his, he in his opinion, and he, there's nothing wrong with what he said. He he was a dog and all, you know. But I just love that Connor clapped back. I guess I just need to shut up and play, you know. I'm really glad that you know. Uh, I'm really glad that they updated Connor's um, firmware to allow the new machine learning <laughs> code to be deployed, so that he can do clapbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Because Crosby's hardware is too ancient, they can't update. Um, they can't put in the FPGAs to Crosby, so I think that's what the problem is. And right now, everybody's just like, "Oh God, are you really talking about FPGAs?" I'm still stunned myself. The people myself, that know. Like, <laughs> uh, now is it gated array or is it? <laughs> I got nothing else. A little too deep, man. A little too deep. Yeah, I know. I I, <laughs> I spent a lot of years working in kernel mode, so I like to go deep. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Kraken are bad. The Oilers are fun. The Islanders have too many people on the COVID list, and there are already rumblings that San Jose is going to welcome a certain player back. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that earlier. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To all the people that are screaming it's a federal offense, you're right, it is. Guess what? They never did. <laughs> or reported it. <laughs> never reported it, which is why mm-hmm. it never stated clearly what he had done. The minute they report mm-hmm. it and state it, guess what? <laughs> Here comes the G-Man. And they really did it mafia style, right? You know, we we take care of problems in our family. God. Well, come on, Cassie, you know, that's the NHL. That's how they do things. No, I know. And that's why the NHL is the way that it is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyone have a question? Uh, All right, here we go. Since we're talking about the league is the way it is because, well, they just keep doing the same thing over and over again and apparently like to um, strongly impress upon teams whom they should hire for certain positions. Yeah, God, listening to that drove me nuts. Listening to that drove me nuts. Uh, So, I've stated it before, I'll state it again. Colin Campbell has to go. Who should be his replacement at the league level to run, for lack of a better term, league-wide hockey operations? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.